good? Good evening. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, before we get started, do you mind sharing a testimony? Do you want to or not? Ron's got a testimony to share real quick. I don't have a mic. Hold on. Well, they, somebody, we have people online that listen too, so... Well, those of you that here, we got it on. Those of you that were here on uh, Sunday morning may have seen me leave out during sermon, and I hate to do that, but I was in such pain, I couldn't stand it anymore. I had to get up and leave. But I was in pain all Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. Uh, pain eased up a little bit Sunday morning, but uh, I went to see my doctor. And he ran some tests, but didn't find anything wrong. St still had pain uh, Monday afternoon, Monday night, so I went to the ER yesterday. And uh, they ran a CAT scan, and they found a kidney stone. And I'd never had a kidney stone before. I didn't know what, what was going on. But anyway, he uh, told me what to expect and everything, and I won't go into any detail, <clears throat> any detail, but as of this afternoon, I don't have a kidney stone. I can just say that it was painless right afterwards. Yep. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to be real quick announcements, and you can keep playing. That's fine. Uh, just a couple of reminders that uh, we have prime timers coming up this Saturday at noon. Uh, bring uh, finger foods. Um, just a couple of reminders about our men's breakfast coming up March 16th at 8.30 a.m. Uh, and then also on March 2nd is at 8.30 in the Fellowship Hall is the men's Bible study. And then, of course, we have a guest speaker, Tom Jacobs. It was kind of a short-minute thing, but I'm excited to have him. He's Indian from India, but he's lived in the United States. He preaches in AG churches. And he's seen miracles and God move. And so he's going to be here Sunday morning and Sunday night. I'm really excited to have him here. And then, of course, don't forget our mission banquet's coming up. And I found out what Easter egg palooza, I found out what palooza means. Stacy said it's out there. It means raining eggs. So that's what it means. And that's coming up March 23rd. And then don't forget it, March 24th is our superintendent's going to be here, Dr. Wooten. So just a couple reminders about that. And uh, if you will please stand, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Did I miss anything for announcements? We're good. Father, we're reminded in the scripture that not only did you save us from our sins, but you says you died for our inequities and you died for our pains and sorrows. And Lord, when you look that up, it literally means sicknesses and diseases. And so, Jesus, thank you for what you did in Ron. Thank you for what you are doing and what you will continue to do. And, Lord, as we lift up your name, we lift up the name of Jesus, there is healing in his name. There is deliverance in his name. There is freedom in his name. Jesus, we thank you for the provision in your name. All that you are and your love and the power of your Holy Spirit. Fill this place up tonight as we lift up the name of Jesus and everybody said
Savior. Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your Oh, no. 
honor your 
name tonight, Lord. We glorify your name. I'm going to have you sit down just for a minute and stay in his presence. Let's just sit here for a second. keep getting the same word that I got on Sunday morning. Do you love me? Do you love me? It's interesting because I wasn't sure. There are times when you wonder, Lord, is this you? And then afterwards, Rick had told me that God had told him that I was to give the interpretation. Sometimes you need that confirmation. So I really believe that that's the Lord speaking to us. Do we love him? Father, help us to love you. You love us. Help us to love you. Help, help us to love you, Lord. Help us to understand your love even deeper. So we choose that tonight. We choose to love you, Lord. We choose to love you. Lord, we love you tonight. We open up our arms to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just stay in a moment of worship. We're going to get into Daniel chapter 10, but real quick, would you go over with me to Revelation chapter? It's in chapter 2, the church of Ephesus, real quick. Chapter 2. Well, I'm not going to preach on this. I just want to, this is, goes right along with what the Lord is speaking to us about loving him. Uh, Revelation chapter 2, real quick. This is, this, again, this isn't the message tonight, but this is what God wants to share. He says, to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right, verse 1, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, you are heart, you are your, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name, 
and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. What's interesting around the church of Ephesus is the church that was planted by the Apostle Paul, and it's in Asian Minor. And, uh, and historians and some of the church fathers says that they took heed to what Paul said, and what, or not what Paul said, what John said here in the book of Revelation, what Jesus told John. And uh, because they took heed to that, God did not remove their lampstand from them. But some of the churches that he said he would remove their lampstand, he did. They're not even in existence today. So you think of this, they, they did go back. And one of the things the, the Apostle Paul commended them for was for their love. In the beginning, Paul wrote the, the, in the book of Ephesians how they loved the Lord. And then, of course, they've forsaken their first love. They got so busy, we can get so busy in life that we miss our first love, which is in worship and prayer and, and relationship and all those things that are important. So and I want to read real quick, and then we're going to go on to Daniel chapter 10. Donald C. Stampson here says, This refers to the Ephesians' first deep love and passion for Christ and his word. Uh, this warning teaches us that knowing correct doctrine, obeying some of the commands, and worshiping in the church are not enough. The, the church must have, above all, a heartfelt love for Jesus Christ and his word. Sincerely love for Christ results in a single-hearted devotion to him, purity of life, and a love of the truth. And so just, to, just as a reminder for us, I think God's saying, uh, let, let's be some Mar uh, Marys instead of some Marthas. Amen? All right, you have your Bibles. Let's go over to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. And if you get a chance, just read the book of uh, that, that church and the church in Ephesus and then read the book of Ephesians. And it'll, it'll kind of tell you where they're at. So, all right, Daniel chapter 10. We're going to be reading the whole chapter tonight. It's uh, verses 1 through 21. And, uh, and then we're going to pray and then we're going to get into it. Amen? All right, Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel who was called Belshazzar. Now, it's interesting, real quick, before I go on, that most believe that he was right. Remember, Daniel was a governor. He was, he was in charge of all the governors. He was, he was it, right? And uh, so he wrote this in a sense of doing his duties. That's why he put his name there. Most scholars believe that. So that's not in my notes tonight, but that's something for you to hold on to. Its, it's message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food. No meat or wine touched my lips. I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of finest gold around his waist. His body was like crystallite, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless." 
Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Verse 13, But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I am helpless. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, O man highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So he said, Do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia, and when I go, the prince of Greece will come. But first I tell you what is written in the book of the truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we uh, study this chapter in the book of Daniel, Lord, we're reminded again that your word is sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing bone and marrow and ligaments and flesh, and judging the attitudes and behaviors of the heart. It's got power to divide. It's got power to, to bring forth uh, issues of the heart and the mind. And uh, Father, I pray that as we study this tonight, Holy Spirit, bring revelation to each one of us. You know who needs to hear this tonight. And I believe that you could speak to every single one of us tonight. Something that you want to say to each one of us. I pray, Father, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit to be poured out in this place tonight. You are here. And Lord, as your vessel, I can do nothing apart from you. Speak through me. Do what you want to do I, so I get out of the way so that you can speak. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. amen. All right, so we're in the book of Daniel. Uh, I'm, we're in this series. We're almost done with it. There's 12 chapters in the book of Daniel. I haven't prayed yet to see what God's going to do next. Now, I know in May we're going to be starting a thing called Dinner Church and it's going to be in the back fellowship hall, and, and then it'll start at 6.30. So I'm just giving you a heads up on that. And How many of you guys like food? Yeah. So we'll bring finger foods and enjoy, and we're going to do some things uh, back there called Acts 2 Journey. But before we get to that, we're in Daniel. And so I've just titled the message being Persistent in Your Prayer or Persistent in Prayer. Uh, prayer is important, and a lot of us give up just before we get an answer. And so we're going to learn about that tonight. Daniel was being persistent in prayer. So the couple things I want to point out, Daniel was 15 when he went into exile and 84 years old when he saw this vision. Uh, most believe he was too old to travel with exiles back to Jerusalem or to Israel. And so you got to figure he's been there his whole life. There's already been already a group that's been sent to Jerusalem with Ezra and you can go in the book of Ezra and find that out. And so by this time he's 84 and he's like, I'm not going to travel. I'm good, I'm here, I'm staying here. And so God begins, God still using him. So look at how many years he remained faithful to the Lord under several kings that were ungodly and, and how God was faithful to him and used him. So that brings us to the first thing, the return of the exiles. Look with me in verse 1. 
It says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. Now, you say, okay, great war. What's that have to do with the Israelites and their exile? Well, it has a lot to do. In the third year of King Cyrus's reign, the first wave, I mentioned this already, of Israelites returned to Israel under the leadership of Ezra. And so the message of the great war that he mentions in verse 1, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to read a commentary. I like this. The words great war, actually this is mine. The words great war is translated as the time appointed was long or a great conflict, which refers to Daniel's people would suffer greatly in the years ahead. However, Daniel was reassured that God would watch over them and would establish his kingdom. So that's what he's talking about. They were going to have some hardships ahead of them. Uh, Jesus said that we would have trouble in this life. But be of what? Good cheer. Jesus never promised that we would be trouble-free in this life. But he did say be happy. Wait a minute here. Pastor, what are you saying? I can be cheerful and joyful in the middle of my circumstances? You may not always be happy, but you can be joyful. I've shared this before, but the word happy, we get our word English word from the word happenstance. It literally means you're happy for a minute and it's fleeting. But joy is something that God gives you. For the joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. It's something that's supernatural. So this great war, again, is it, these are different translations. The time appointed was long. Uh, it's a great conflict. It also is referring to the future end of all things, where there's going to be the, uh, the, the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, think about what the Jews have gone through all these years. All, the captivity and just, what, 1948, they finally got to come back home. So they've been through a lot. Now Daniel mourns this. Look what he says in verse 2. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So Daniel's mourning this, of this great war or the trouble for his people. I mean, we don't understand that because we really haven't had a lot go on. But I can tell you, my grandfather fought in World War II. In fact, I got a book with him stand, sitting on the landing craft. He, was in, he went to join the U.S. Army, didn't know his mom had immigrated from Canada down to the United States, so he wasn't a U.S. citizen. So they said, oh, you're Canadian. So he had to go learn French all over. He hadn't spoke French since he was a little boy. So, because he was born in Quebec. So he joined the Canadian Army. But I guarantee you, back in World War II, they understood that. How about the Vietnam War? You look at all the wars we've been through, the Korean War. That's the forgotten war. A lot of people don't realize that. And so you could just imagine how we felt then and think about what Daniel feels about his people. You know, they've been in exile for all these years. Think about the temple being destroyed and how it's in ruins. And so we don't think about these things, but we got to go into the history of this. Nehemiah and Ezra, if you read those, they'll go in correlation with Daniel and you'll get a better understanding of how Daniel's feeling. He's mourning over his people. Can I tell you this? We need to mourn over the lost, our lost family members, those that are uh, even, our, even our neighbors and people that we know and uh, even people that we've never met. If they're unsaved, they're going off into a, a, a destiny Without God. Eternity. Eternity's for how long? Forever. And so Daniel mourned and he fasted and prayed for 21 days. Now it's interesting because we call this 
the Daniel's prayer and fasting. We call this the Daniel fast. Notice that it says here in verse 2, or verse 3, I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. What it is, he didn't fast completely any food. He still ate food. He just, he fasted the things that were important to his flesh. Can I tell you, fasting does something. Because your flesh likes things, right? I like food. My wife makes fun of me. She says, you just exercise so you can eat, right? And it's, it's true. I'll go ride well, the day that I was James and Lisa last week, they were out there. Man, they got fast bikes, man. That's whew, gone, you know. But and I was I was hoping I'd catch up to that heel. Sorry to put you on the spot, but I was hoping they wouldn't catch up to me. But I was like, ah, oh, I might as well stop because they're going to catch up to me. But you know, you go on a bike like that, you ride. But then if you eat the wrong things, what good is it to exercise, right? So Daniel got rid of all the stuff that was important to his flesh, and he fasted. So. How many of you guys know that Jesus said, not if you fast, but when you fast? Now, if you can't fast food, you can fast other things. How many of you guys like TV? Look, take your schedule and find out exactly what takes up all your time. You can fast those things. There's got to be something in your life that you love. How many of us have set some things up that we love more than Jesus? And I'm speaking to myself, right? So Daniel does this Daniel's fast. Now look at this. A man appears to him while he's fasting. Look at verse 4. On the 24th day, so he fasted 21 days, another three days. Could you imagine that? You're fasting and you don't get an answer for three days. We think we need an answer right away. So he waits another three days. That's one thing I think I'm decent at. I'm okay with math, okay? So on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river Tigris. Now, most scholars will say he was doing his job. He was just doing, going about his business. Can I tell you, God could speak to you at any moment? Have you made room for him during your busy day? Even at work? Even when you're doing other things? Because he's doing his work there. And then look what it says. I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like crystallite, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Now let me share something. I have read this passage over and over again, and today was the first time I went, that's Jesus. How long have I studied the Bible, and I'm going, all these years, and I just recognize that's Jesus in the Old Testament. And I went, okay, is this just me? Now understand it was Gabriel in chapter 9, but this isn't Gabriel. It says it's a man dressed. Now I, I, wanna, I went to a commentary. I went through different commentaries, and I found one that believed the same thing I believe today. So who is this man? Well, let's go real quick. We'll go to the commentary. I think I got ahead of myself. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1 real quick. And we're, actually it's interesting because we're going to look at this in a couple weeks because we got a preacher this Sunday night and then the following week we have our missions banquet. But look in Revelation chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. I want you to see the correlation between this and Daniel. So Revelation chapter 1, verse 12. Paul, remember the, the apostle John, uh, the Lord has appeared to him, but he doesn't know it's Jesus yet. It's, he hears this voice that sounds like a trumpet. He says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. 
And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. Do you know one of the names for Jesus was Son of Man? He was dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a gold sash around his what? His chest. Now Daniel sees it around his waist. He sees it around his chest. Most translations with that means the same area. Okay? His head and hair were white like wool and as white as snow and his eyes were what? Blazing like fire. Daniel calls his eyes were like torches. Right? Now look at this. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace what did Daniel say about his feet we're going to go back to that in a minute and his voice like the sound of rushing waters Daniel says a multitude and then he says in his right hand he had seven stars and out of his mouth came a double-edged sword his face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance so let's go back to Daniel real quick we just read what it said about him there and he says he, he says this about I uh, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen. Okay, linen would have been a robe, right? John saw the same thing. And then he says, and, and before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of finest gold around what? His waist. His body was like crystallite. That means it was bright. Crystallite is white and pure and beautiful. His face was like what? Lightning. Do you see the correlation that John and Daniel's? So this is what we call a Christophanes or a Theophanes. It's a physical manifestation of Jesus in the Old Testament. That is pretty cool. Again, I believe due to the similarities between this, here in Daniel in chapter 1 and, and Revelation, this points to a physical manifestation of Jesus in the Old Testament. That is cool. And if you're not excited about that, that is cool. Did you know that Jesus has been appearing to people lately? Iranians in dreams. I just read another report recently of in uh, Palestinians. I went, I was watching CBN. Anybody ever watch CBN News from 700 Club? And there's a guy that he was, uh, he actually worked for Yasser Arafat back in the day. He, ends up, he ended up getting saved. And he's a born-again believer, and he's ministering to the Palestinians. Revival's coming there right now in the Gaza to the Palestinians. And in fact, nobody's preaching to them. Jesus is appearing to them. So he still does it. And he's here right now, even though we may not see it with our eyes, he's here. I wonder how many angels are set next to us. Yeah, this place is full right now. Again, I saw the similarities immediately when I read this passage. Then I read the commentary by Kaufman, and it agrees with what I saw in these verses. Look what Kaufman says. Who is this magnificent person who appeared here to Daniel? Some have suggested that he was Gabriel, but the remarkable similarity between this passage and the description of Christ in Revelation points to Christ himself. As Young noted, this is a theophany, a pre-incarnate appearance of the eternal Son. And I got that, and then I found this commentary, and I'm like, wow, isn't that cool? Don't you love revelation from God? And I don't care how long you've been studying the Bible, or if you think you know, God always reveals something new about himself. Uh, and I will never forget, I never read that passage over and over again. And I got something else out of this passage today. And I went, why didn't I ever see that before? Because it was meant for now, I guess. And then he says, as Kyle said, this understanding is placed beyond doubt by the comparison with Revelation 1.13, where John saw the glorified Christ who is there described by a name definitely referring to Daniel 7.13. Hallelujah. 
the son of the living God. So Daniel sees this vision on the Tigris River. Most believe he was there performing his duties as a governor when the Lord appeared to him. Again, Jesus can appear to you at any moment. He can give you a vision. He can give you a dream. Do you know God says to desire the greater gifts? Okay, God, I want to I have words of knowledge. God can give that to you. He can. It's in the Bible. He, he can give you dreams. And what did he say? I will pour out my spirit on your sons and daughters, and they will dream dreams, right? And old men will uh, 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 have prophesy. I probably got it backwards anyways. It's in Joel chapter 2, and it's also in Acts chapter 2. But you see that God will pour out his spirit on us. How many of you guys want to operate in the gifts of the spirit? You can be at Walmart one day, and God gives you a word of knowledge for somebody that's not saved. Hey, God told me to tell you this. He's done that for me here at this Walmart. Yeah, I was walking by one day and God kept saying, I want you to speak. I was like, Lord, I don't want, have, have you ever done that? Am I really hearing from you? And I'm pushing that cart. And I went, okay, Lord. Because I said, if you're supposed to be, if I'm supposed to talk to her, you're going to have to have her come my way. And immediately she came right by me. I stopped and went, okay, hi. And I always kind of cut the, hey, because some people are freaked out when you mention something. So I just said, hey, by the way, Okay, this is when I pulled the Trump card, called the pastor card, okay? So I just say, I'm just letting you know I'm a pastor, but I feel like God has a word for you. And she needed that word for that day because she's a born-again believer, but she's going through some difficulties. So we need to be open to the Holy Spirit. God wants to use you. It may be just to pray with somebody. It may be just to wrap your arm around them. You don't know what it is. Be open to what God wants you to do for him. So the fear of the Lord now causes these men to flee. Look at me in verse 7. So... Again, God shows up. Jesus shows up. Verse 7, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled, fled, not fled, fled and hid themselves. I was reading ahead and saw hid, so I put them together and called it fled. But there's something about the manifest presence of God. It brings fear. And it's... It, for the believer, it's godly fear. It's reverential fear. But for the unbeliever, it is fear. Because God, it says in the word that perfect love drives out fear. So when you and I get saved, we don't have that fear of death anymore. We, don't have, we have a reverence. But the unbeliever is afraid. That's exactly right. What's going to happen? There's that fear of, oh man, if I die today, boom, that's it. How many of you guys know who Alice Cooper is? Alice Cooper, right? School's out for summer. Okay, listen, I, I, I grew up with that music. Some of you guys are like, Pastor, you listen. Listen, I didn't know what Christian music was until like the late 80s. But he is a born-again Christian. And let me tell you about Alice Cooper. You can go watch his testimony with uh, uh, Greg Laurie. And he said, you know, and I might have shared this on a Sunday morning, but I want to share it again because it's important. You know, he, he, he was... Uh, high on cocaine for five days and his wife left him now understand his dad was a pastor his dad was a pastor he grew up in church so he called his wife and he said okay what will it take for me to for, for us for you to come back and for us to be together she goes two things you need to give up drugs and you need to go to church with me so he did and he said of all the churches his wife picked it was a fire and brimstone preacher he said but that's what he needed he said, when that guy was preaching, he was preaching the fear of God. And he said, 
That's what got him saved because he, he knew if I died right now, I would die and go to hell. And he got saved. And then he said later on, God put him in a church where God, a, a different church that taught him about the love of God. And God will use different things to get people's attention. Some people need that. They need that. If I can use the word, they need that. No, I'm not going to use it. <laughs> so anyways, so the fear of the Lord caused these men to flee. The word terror here in the Hebrew, and I'm not going to say it, which means fear, anxiety. It means exceedingly fear, quaking, trembling, dread. You look in the scriptures and you'll see how angels appear and men follow. The Roman soldiers, remember when Jesus rose from the dead? It says that, that, that angel threw the stone back. Now these are thousands of pounds and he just threw it back and sat on it. And it said the Roman soldiers. Now Roman soldiers were fierce men. And, and they would be put to death for letting anything happen. If they let a prisoner get loose, they were, remember the prisoner that was going to kill himself with the apostle Paul? Well, and Paul said, don't do that. Don't kill yourself. It's because he would have been put to death for it. And these were fierce men. And yet when the angel appeared, it said they, they fainted. <laughs> these are Roman soldiers that fainted. I mean, they were so afraid they, poop. Have you ever seen somebody faint? Could you imagine a whole legion? Like, I think it was like, I don't know how many soldiers. Somebody said, some say 12, some say 300, because depending on how it was. Boom, they all fell over like dominoes. Listen, when you're in the manifest presence of God Almighty, that, that, that's why we, we don't, okay, we, bring, we came up with the word slain in the spirit. I don't, it's not in the Bible, by the way. But when you fall over, it's because of the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. You can't contain what God has. So these guys are dreadful. They're trembling. They're shaking. A good example of this is where the men who were with Saul, I probably didn't write it right, so don't correct me on my grammar here. <laughs> uh, when Jesus appeared to him, it says the men stood speechless. Look at this, Acts 9, 7. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Now look at the word. The word speechless here comes from the Greek word, enos, which means dumb, mute, destitute of power, speech, unable to speak for what? Tear. Struck dumb, astounded. The, in fact, the one word that I kept coming up was terror. They were speechless. They couldn't see it, but they heard it, and terror hit them. Again, because they were what? Unbelievers. What was Daniel's response to this Christophanes? It says that Daniel was overwhelmed by his presence, that he became weak, helpless, and pale. Let's look in verse 8. So these men run, and Daniel does this. He says, so I was left alone. <laughs> the, could you imagine that you're standing there you see a vision of where'd everybody go you're gonna leave me by myself right so Daniel was left alone gazing at the great vision I had no strength left my face turned deathly pale and I was helpless then I heard him speaking and as I listened to him I fell into a deep sleep and my face to the ground and then look verse 10 a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees now, again, Daniel's a believer. How about the Apostle John? John felt the same way. It says in Revelation 1.17 that he fell at Christ's feet as though he were what? Dead. So even John, who walked with Jesus when Jesus was in his manifest presence, felt like as he was dead. That's again, I've, you've heard me share on Sunday mornings, but every great revival, the fear of God hits. 
Every great revival. I, I went and did some study today on some great revivals. And every single one of them, the fear of God. When, when revival hits, it's the fear of God first. People are running to the altars. People are falling down in worship. Look at Ver Revelation 1.17. When I saw him, this is John speaking of Jesus, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. Now jump down with me in verse 10 here in Daniel. What's he say to me? And a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Verse 11. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Notice he touched him. What did he do to John? He touched him, and he told Daniel and John not to be what? Afraid. Because your, your flesh in the presence of Almighty God is afraid. Remember, your spirit's been redeemed, but your flesh has not. I think, I don't know if I've told you the story of my friend, Keith Wheeler. He was more of an acquaintance, but he used to come to Inside all the time. Remember, I told you he carries this giant cross, and he would tell us some amazing stories. And he told us one time, they were down in uh, Central America, and he had his interpreter with him. How many of you guys remember this story? Have you guys heard this story? So he's with his interpreter. They're in Central America. They're in this little camper. And he gets a beat at the door. I mean, it was banging, banging on his door. They wanted to see the preacher. They were speaking in Spanish. So his interpreter goes out, what do, you, what do you want? We want the preacher. We want the preacher. And so, you know, Keith said he was just half asleep. He grabbed his Bible. He grabbed his cross, went out there, and they had guns, and they were getting ready to shoot him. And so he's going, Cristo, Cristo. He's preaching Cristo means Christ, and he was preaching the gospel to him. And he said in his mind, he goes, Lord, when they get ready, because they were counting down from 10, he said, when they get ready to shoot me, I know I'm going to heaven, but please make the hurt not last very long. He said they got down to zero, and he closed his eyes because of that. And all of a sudden, he heard screams, and he heard the falling of weapons and, and all this commotion. And when he opened his eyes, they all fled. Well, his interpreter saw it, and he said the interpreter... He said the fear hit them so much. They were yelling out in Spanish, it's bright, it's bright, it's scaring us. And he said there were two angels with, on each side of them that took them and flung them. And the guns fell to the ground. And he has testimony and witness to that. He's got all kinds of great stories. I, I, man, I would love to hear some more of his stories that he has. But that's in our present day. That happened. And so again, when the manifest presence of God comes... Our flesh can't handle it. Look at what Goosey says. As godly as Daniel was, he was undone by this vision of the glorious man. Daniel's experience shows us that even the holiest of men fall short before God and even before his closest associates. We fall short of the glory of God. Like John, his hand touched Daniel to reassure him. Daniel stands while still trembling. We already looked at those verses. Again, like John, Jesus tells Daniel not to be what? Afraid. What does God tell us not to be? Not to be afraid, right? Because perfect love casts out what? Fear. He who still fears is still under judgment. 
God tells us to do the same. Don't be afraid. Look at this, 2 Timothy 1, 7. How many of you guys, my girls can quote this. We have scriptures that we, they pray when they pray before they go to bed. Uh, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and what? A sound mind. So fear is something the enemy uses. I always use the acronym, false evidence appearing real. Fear. False. Now, I was in the military, so we use lots of acronyms. <laughs> he knows that, right? False evidence appearing real. Satan likes to make things bigger than what they really are. And so then he'll create fear in you and it's anxiety and you'll worry and you'll worry. We all have the what if problem. Do you know that? We all have the what if problem. I'm, I thought, man, I'm over this until something happened and I start thinking my brain wants to go for all the bad things. Why do, why do our brains do that? Okay, what if this happens? What if that happens? Oh my goodness, what if this? And next thing you know, you're not eating, you're not sleeping and you're worried about things. And you just have to finally get to a point where, okay, wait a minute. I can't do nothing about it. Why worry about it? So I give it to God, right? And that's how you get out of fear. You give it to the Lord. Finally, there's a delayed answer. Look with me. Let's start in verse 12. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Verse 13, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me, what? 21 days. How long did he fast? 21 days. When you begin to pray, Satan hates it. When you begin to pray for somebody else, Satan will try to put roadblocks when you begin to pray and you begin to serve God and you begin to do what you're supposed to do, you notice how things get a little tougher? Who's doing that? It's the enemy trying to trip you up. I really believe that. There have been times Stacy and I were believing for something and then it seemed like it got worse. Uh, John, John Keeney was up here today and we were watching some, an old clip of John Wimber and he was talking about healing in his church and how, how he had been he had prayed for a whole year. God wanted to start teaching on healing. And John goes, John even said he hadn't been filled with the Spirit yet. And he's going, I didn't even believe it. I had more people coming to me while I was teaching this. And I'm teaching it and not believing it. And he said, finally, God started to get a hold of me. And he said, for a whole year we preached on healing. And people got sicker. He said, one week we prayed for everybody. And they were sick. Some had, and we got the flu. And we got this. And he said, it got worse. And man, we wanted to quit. We wanted to give up. He said it took a whole year, and then finally somebody got saved. And finally, he said he got to a point, he had this guy call him up and said, hey, my wife's starting her new job tomorrow, and she's sick, she's got the flu. Will you come pray for her? And he goes like, oh. So he goes over to his, house, over to her, over his friend's house. He walks in, and he went into his, his uh, friend's wife's room. Of course, he said, and I like what he said. He said no woman would want, normally would want a man to come in there looking like the way she did, right? So he goes in there, and, and uh, he said, He's like, yeah, like this is going to work. So he did some kind of mumble prayer. Oh, okay, God, heal her and this and that. So he turned around and he began to tell the guy how sometimes God doesn't heal people. And the guy just looks over his shoulder because he said he was a little taller than him. And he just began to smile, began to smile. John turns around and goes, where's your wife? She goes, oh, I feel better now. She had already got cleaned up, combed her hair, got dressed, and she was completely healed. And he said when he came out of the apartment, he goes, yes, thank you, Lord. And they had their first healing. A whole year. He taught on healing for, most people would just go, okay, I quit, I give up. 
right? Nothing happened. God sent an answer to Daniel the day he began to pray or humble himself and pray for understanding. God will send an answer right away. Sometimes his answer is not always what we want, but it's an answer, right? Once again, God hears our prayers. I'm going to wear, and, and he will answer. I'm going to share two scriptures I shared last week, and I want to share them again. Remember this one? Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will what? Answer you. And I will not only answer, he tells Jeremiah, he says, I'm going to tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. That means God's got great things in store for us. Right? God works all things out for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. How about this one? This is from last week, Isaiah 65, 24. Before they call, I will what? Answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. And the Bible says that God knows the needs of your heart before you even pray them. How many of you guys have thought this thought? Okay, I'm just being, for me, this is Marcus speaking, your pastor. I, there have been times I went, well, is he really going to answer that? I'm just being honest. I've had thoughts, or should I even pray for it? And I remember kind of whispering that out loud. And Stacey goes, why not? He already knows what you think, right? We, we, why do we get like that? Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> Remember that old saying? Now listen, amen. So Daniel's prayer was delayed to a spiritual battle. Remember, he fasted 21 days. What would have happened if Daniel would have quit? Look at verse 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom. Now the Persian kingdom is where Iran is today. There is demonic Authority. There's demonic realms. There's, there's, uh, Satan has ranks within the demonic realm. And this was a powerful demon in this area. And you know what? That demon's still there today. And some of the things that manifested then, they're starting to see manifest today. So he's resisting. And how long did he resist Jesus? Now understand, Jesus is God. But I got to wonder if Jesus only responds to the amount of time that we spend in prayer and persistent prayer. Have you ever thought about that? I'm not saying that's the truth. This is just my thinking here, okay? But you got to wonder. Think about that. He resisted. I mean, he, this, this physical manifestation of Jesus. Jesus is God. Satan and the demons are God's Satan and demons, right? Didn't he create them? But they chose to rebel. So Jesus could just go, you know, have you ever seen it? You ever done that to a fly? Think, you know, and then you have to clean your hands afterwards, right? But you ever do, he could do that. But I got to wonder if Jesus fought him only to the amount that Daniel continued to pray. What if Daniel would have stopped? Is that making sense? So, Look at this. Jesus then gets help from Michael, one of the chief princes. He says, he came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Look at verse 14. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns the time yet to come. So God had a, 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 an answer for Daniel, but there's this battle going on. How many of you guys are still praying for something? 
Don't quit. Don't give up. Sometimes our prayers are delayed due to battles in the spiritual realm. Hold your spot here and go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's look at verses 12 through 10 real quick. Look what the Apostle Paul says to the church of Ephesus. He says, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the, the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against what? Rulers. Now when he talks about rulers here, he's speaking of demonic forces. Against rulers, against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The Bible talks about Satan as the prince of the power of the air. He's also the, 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 the prince of evil. Satan is the prince of evil. And so if he is the prince of the power of the air, he has, he has minions under him. I call them minions, right? It's a movie, by the way cartoon my kids know it but they're little minions these demons are under them and there's rankings within them and so when you're when you're battling you're not against flesh and blood when you're dealing with issues we always make it about fleshly issues we, we make it when you're having a conflict sometimes we make it about us instead of about what's really going on here it's spiritual and so to do the do the right kind of battle, we got to do it the, the spiritual way, right? Through prayer and putting on the full armor of God, taking your stand. And we can go through the whole armor of God here, but he tells us what to do, that you and I have armor on. Right now, you and I have spiritual armor on. If you're a born-again believer, you may not look like it. You may like, man, now for me, because as I've gotten older, I've kind of got this thing called Dunlap disease. i got to wonder if God has expanding armor that moves out with me. But it's true, we have armor on whether we see it or not. And he's given us those weapons. Paul wouldn't have said this, and God wouldn't have put it in the Bible unless it was true. There are spiritual ranks within the dynamic, uh, demonic kingdom. This demon was known as the prince of Persia. He was given authority over all of Persia. This was the Babylonian area. The Babylonians ran Persia. They were in charge of that. And then later on, the, the, uh, the Medo-Persians. And then you go on with the Cyrus. And you know what I mean. The Syrians. Look at Ephesians 1.21. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. So again, there's, there's, we're fighting spiritual battles. Look at Colossians 1.16. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and what? invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him and having disarmed look at this Colossians 2:50 having disarmed the powers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them tri triumphing over them by the cross so Jesus won the war on the cross you and I just have battles to fight and that's exactly what's going on. Daniel's praying. So you might be praying about something going, why hasn't it been answered yet? And it's because there's a spiritual battle going on. 
And some of those battles could be years. Could be taking territory. Real quick, do you know this battle that's going on in Ukraine? Do you know that's a spiritual battle? That's, that's been going on for centuries. There is a guy that is a, he, he's from that area and he immigrated over into China, but he's originally from Ukraine. And, he go, and you go back and you do studies of that. That same borderline right where the, the, this is happening has been fought over for years and years and years, for centuries. And it's not a physical battle, it's a spiritual battle going on. It's just being manifested in the flesh. So what should we do when our prayers are delayed? What should we do? Look what, look what it says here in Mark 11. We keep praying. And I'm going to read this. You've heard me read this one. And Jesus answered, he said unto them, have faith in God. Number one, have faith in God. Continue to believe God. Have your faith in him. For verily I say unto you that whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. There's something about continuing to believe. Notice it says, shall come to pass. I like the King James Version. Because in the modern versions, it doesn't use that. In the King James, it'll say, from the time that you believe till the time that God answers the prayer, you have that time to doubt. So keep praying. Keep standing. Don't give up. When you get discouraged, say, God, I need your strength. Help me to keep believing for this to happen. Again, God is the one that answers the prayer. Our job is to have faith and trust in Him. Right? Therefore I say unto you, whatever things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that ye, you have received them, and ye shall have them. Again, that goes back to 1 John. Uh, 1 John, I think it's chapter 3, where he talks about, and when you do pray, you pray according to the will of Him. We need to keep believing until the prayer comes to pass. We're almost here. Now here, here's the answer. Now it's, it's interesting here. The answer was given, but it wasn't given right away. So he gives them an answer. He says, look, I've come to answer your prayer, but it really wasn't given right away. The Lord gives insight to Daniel what will happen to his people in the future. Look at verse 14 real quick. Now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns the time yet to come. Now it's interesting here. He tells them, I got the answer for you. I've got the answer, but you go over to a couple chapters is when he gives the answer, which is another time. And there's a reason for that. Again, Daniel's overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord, and he needs to be strengthened. Look, look, look a little bit farther down here. Look in uh, uh, verse 17. All right, let's start in verse 15. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then the one who looked like a man touched my lips, and, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I am helpless. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. That's, again, that's getting in the manifest presence of God. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me what? Strength. So if you need strength to keep praying for something, Ask God to give it to you, and he will. God, I just, I've got to the end of my rope. Why haven't you answered this yet? God, I need strength. R.B. Jones, the renowned Welsh preacher of the last century, 
as an eyewitness and one of the one used of God in 1904 revival in Wales recalled something of the glory of it. Remember, he's talking about God's glory, being overwhelmed with it and getting the strength from the Lord. Look what he says here. A sense of the Lord's presence was everywhere. It pervaded, nay, it created the spiritual atmosphere. It mattered not where one went, the consciousness of the reality and the nearness of God followed. Felt, of course, in the revival gatherings, it was by no means confined to them. It was also felt in the homes, on the streets, in the mines, in the factories, in the schools, yea, even in the theaters and the drinking saloons. The strange result was that wherever people gathered became a place of awe, and places of amusement and carousal revelry were practically emptied. The pit bottoms and galleries became places of praise and prayer. Where the miners gathered to worship era, they dispersed to their several stalls. Even the children of the day schools came under the spell of God. And I put the copyright up there. That was the, well, one of the Welsh revivals. If you do a study on that, one of the problems they had is that even the children were starting to cuss because that's all the fathers did. That was their normal language. And even the kids began to drink and, and they couldn't get the mules to move. In fact, the mules, after they all got saved, this is a true story, all the mules knew was cussing. They had to retrain the mules afterwards because after the revival happened, they stopped cussing and the mules wouldn't respond to them. True story. So when God moves, he moves. When he overwhelms, he overwhelms. And we're ripe for a revival. Let's come, Lord. I hope it happens this Sunday. Yeah, start right now. Start with us starting tonight. Amen. I'll take that, Rebecca. Preach it, sister. <laughs> Amen. We need to be strengthened by God when facing spiritual battles. When you go through spiritual battles, it can drain you. It can overwhelm you. And you begin to pray, God, I need strength. Strengthen me. It could be a... And spiritual battles oftentimes are, are, are circumstances. Things that we're going through. Financial, physical, mental, emotional, friendships, family members, all kinds of stuff. Just think of all the trials. God, give me the strength to get through. In fact, give me the strength to come out of it. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Philippians 4.13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his what? Mighty power. Look at this. The answer Daniel needed was going to still be delayed because another demonic prince, the prince of Greece, would fight alongside the prince of Persia against the Lord. Look, look, look at me a little bit farther. This is something I never caught. Boy, sometimes we need to read on a little bit. Look at verse 20, and we're getting ready to close. So he said to me, do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. But first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. Michael, the archangel. Really, Jesus didn't need any help. He could have done it himself. Daniel was about to receive the answer to his prayer, but the battle was not over for his heavenly messenger. First, he must battle the prince of Persia when the prince of Greece and God watched out for Israel working behind the scenes in the spiritual realm. The heavenly warfare is to be directed against first Persia and then Greece because each of these in turn will have power over God's people. 
So in that, speaking of that, in prayer, don't give up. If you got kids that need to come back to Jesus, God can reach them. There's something about a praying mama and daddy for their kids. God hears those prayers. Don't quit. Don't give up. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end with this testimony real quick. I know it's ten after. If you can, can I share this real quick? I think I've shared it on some. I want to share it again. One of my deacons up in Abernathy. Um, his son was wayward. In fact, he was in our in my youth group, and he would just come and he would play on his iPod, and he just began to reject God. He didn't want nothing to do with it. He was treating his parents bad. He was he was adopted by them. His mom is uh, his mom was was the niece to his adoptive parents, to, to my deacon. And they, they adopted him when he was like two years old. And so he had all this bitterness and anger and he just didn't want to be, and so he started treating everybody bad, but they didn't stop. We kept praying, we kept praying, we kept praying. And now that young man's come back to Jesus. He loves Jesus, he's on fire for Jesus. He has a Bible, he's rededicated his life to the Lord. So don't quit. Don't stop praying. If there's issues going on, God can work through those issues. I've been praying for a good friend of mine. He's a mentor of me, of mine. His his son is uh, uh, going through all kinds of battles and and struggles, and we've been praying and praying, and God's starting to move. And we've been praying for I think five or six, seven years for him, but we haven't stopped praying. Don't stop praying. Newton. Remember the one that uh, wrote uh, uh, Amazing Grace? His mama prayed for years for him. He was a slave trader. He was an ungodly man. And when he got saved, that's why a, he, he saved a wretch like me. That's what that, that whole song's about. It's about God saving him. But his mama didn't stop praying. I don't know what it is you're praying about, but don't stop ask God for strength keep praying believe God for the for the amazing because we serve an amazing God let's stand up and pray real quick I'm gonna have you stand father sometimes we sit but sometimes we need to stand and we stand tonight in prayer we stand tonight whatever it is we're praying about whatever it is what kind of victory we need and Lord, we choose tonight to speak to that mountain, to be picked up and cast in the sea. You're the one that said it, Jesus. We, we speak to that mountain. There's something about our words. And, our, and we believe on the heart and we speak it with our mouth. We speak to those mountains, whatever that mountain is. We speak to it in the name of Jesus to be picked up, to be cast into the sea. And we choose not to doubt in our heart, but we believe what we say and it shall come to pass. That's what your word says. So we stand on your word tonight and we speak to those mountains, whether it's, a, whether it's a healing for physical healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, there's healing in your name. You would just speak to somebody and say, your faith has made you well. You would speak over them and say, see, stand up, rise, walk. And we do that tonight. Lord, if it's our knees, heal our knees. If it's our teeth, heal our teeth. Lord, if it's, if it's our sinuses, heal our sinuses. Lord, if it's allergies, we rebuke allergies. If it's our kids that need to come back to Jesus, Lord, we pray, come up, bring them back, Lord. Bring them back into the fold. Speak to them. 
If it's family members, speak to them. If it's finances, Lord, we don't, we, we're not the tail, we're the head, Lord, in Jesus' name. Whatever it is, God, we pray and we lay it before your throne tonight, knowing that you hear our prayers. And so we stand in faith and we believe that your word is true. And it will not return back to you void, but it will go out and accomplish what it was meant to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful night.